Hello and welcome to the Messages and Methods Livecast Life 2.0 Livestream Podcast, hosted by Encore Entrepreneurs Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. We inspire excitement for content creation and marketing your brand and business while answering all your technology and digital marketing questions. We love to help you, our content creator friends, with actionable tips to land more clients, nurture leads, and gain trust as an expert in your industry. Chat with Shelley and Toby live every Thursday on YouTube or Facebook. Hello and welcome to Messages and Methods. I'm your host, Shelley Carney. And I'm your co-host, Toby Eunice. Today we're going to be talking about building a course, uh, something that is really a great option if you're an author, if you're a content creator, a thought leader, a coach, or a consultant. Building a course can help you take your one-on-one training and take it to one-to-many so that you can save time and effort while bringing in more money. Always it's, good. It's easier than writing a book. Is it? <laughs> I think they're about equally difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done both now, and I think they're both equally difficult, but we're going to simplify it. We have five simple steps to take you from zero to... Hero. Hero. Yeah. Ready? I'm ready. Let's get it started. Five simple steps to create an online course with Shelly Carney and Toby Eunice. And I will like for you to notice, if you're watching our live show today, that I'm using these slides. And these are the same types of slides that I use when I create a course. So kind of keep that in mind as you're watching. And if you're listening to the podcast, come on over to the video and check it out. So who should build a course? Again, this is for trainers, coaches, consultants, thought leaders, service providers, any kind of service that you're providing is an opportunity to create a course or a library of content for people to access to learn more about what it is that you teach. And the number one thing to do when you're building a course is to stay organized so you don't have things all over the place and then you forget what you were, you know, what you wanted to do. So I suggest, and this is what I do, I create Google folders. I'll have one for the course. And then within that folder, I've got two more folders, one for slides and one for resources. And I number everything. So if I'm titling the slides, uh, I'll, you know, for the introduction of the whole thing, I might go zero, zero. And then for section one, uh, the first lesson, I might go 1.0, and then for the next lesson, 1.1. And so keep everything numbered so that it stays in order. Then when you go through everything, it's a lot simpler uh, and it keeps you organized. And then create a theme and stick with it throughout. So if you're doing slides like I suggest, create a theme for that course, what those slides will all look like, and stick with that theme. So we should point out that we've moved away from using PowerPoint as our primary slide creation application, and we just use Google Slides, and we find it good enough to be able to do all the slides that we do, whether it's for a show like this or uh, when Shelly's creating a, a course. What she means by a theme is uh, the uh, the background 
of the slides that you're building. So if you look at our slide here, it has a banner across the top. Shelly includes her Bitmojis, which I really like because she seems to find the right there. I'm kind of in love with her Bitmoji. So. Um, uh, uh, so she has that in the corner, although you can't see it, and I'll have to correct that, is our um, uh, uh, contact information. It's right under the video uh, on the slide right now, so I'll change that. But that's the theme for this, and you have to consider if you're going to be presenting in the same way like we are right now, um, you're going to have to make some changes to it. I'm going to do a quick change here for just a second. This is the format that we usually use. So nothing is covered up, but um, we've decided that we like this much uh, uh, bigger format. And when I do that, it starts covering stuff up. So I need to correct the slide master for these to make sure it accommodates the idea that we're going to be down here in the uh, corner as well. So. So think about that as you're designing your slides. <clears throat> so the five steps to building your course is number one, Start with a topic outline, decide what it is that you're going to be teaching and uh, make an outline so that you can remember what it starts with, what it includes, how do you end. And uh, don't worry that it is, you know, whether it's perfect when you start because you'll be adjusting as you go along. But to start off with an outline will help you to know where it is you're going to end up. Then number two, build your slides. Number three, gather your resources. Number four, create your videos. And number five, choose a platform where you're going to upload your course. And it's better um, if you get the opportunity and you have the vision, um, you can choose the platform out front, but you know from Shelly's experience, she tried four or five platforms before she settled on the one that she was happy with. Um, so, if you're concerned, if this is your first try, I would move selecting the platform to the top to make sure that you're confident with it and that it works for you, that you're capable uh, with it. When it comes to the slides, remember that you're gonna have one slide set for each one of your training videos. So you may have, let's say three sections, uh, introduction, content, and uh, uh, ending for your course. Well, each one of those will have a different set of slides for it. So you're creating multiple slide sets and you're making them so that they're um, complete, that one slide set, you know, completes that segment of the course. We have a course on Udemy right now, and some of the presentations are as short as four minutes because it, we wanted that encapsulated capability. We didn't. We wanted to do one thing at a time and not try to fit a lot of things into a single slide set. So keep that in mind as you're um, creating your slide set. When Shelly mentioned resources, I wasn't at first quite uh, sure what she meant, but then I realized, of course, what she means is the additions to the course, uh, whether you're providing eBooks or templates or uh, infographics, et cetera. Uh, those are the resources that you're going to have to create along with creating each of your slides. Videos, you're going to have a choice. And I know Shelly's going to talk about each one of these in more, more detail. Uh, but again, the only uh, the only comment I'd make on this one is you, you may want to select a training platform uh, before you start your course to make sure you're comfortable with it. I, we have the benefit of Shelly doing all that kind of work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So for your topic outline, you want to answer the top questions that you get from 
your clients, your audience, whoever it is that you're speaking to? What do they ask? What do they want to know? And then along with that information, answering those questions, you want to offer your experience and your insight, what you've learned uh, by going through the same process that those people are going to be going through with you. Uh, that way they'll see, one, you've already done this, two, you've made the mistakes, and then you learned the right way to do it, and now you're helping them uh, take a shortcut by purchasing and going through the course. Then make a logical list. Start with your introduction, then have five to seven sections that explores the topic of your course, finish with a summary, and next steps. And always uh, keep in mind that you want to make this very interactive. So every lesson that you're going to be teaching, you want to have something that goes along with that, that they will then enact, uh, something that they'll take action on so that they can cement that learning. So I like the list that uh, Shelly has created here because it is it is very logical. She entitled that section logical list because it is very logical. Uh, if you uh, if you decide to limit yourself to five to seven sections, that doesn't prevent you from adding subsections within each section if it requires it. So some sections, especially about the middle of your course, are going to require more than one slide set. Um, so you're going to have to create subsections to go along with it. Don't feel like you're limited to seven sections without creating subsections. Well, and that's that's what I'm saying, though, is the sections are the main points. Right. And then within those main points, you're going to have lessons. You right. might have three to five lessons within each section. Section, yeah. yeah. Uh, then create your slide set. Now, personally, I've done slides so much over the past five years that I don't even need to do the uh, the the outline. I'm outlining as I'm creating my slides. As you can see, I have uh, bullets that keep me organized. And if, for, you know, with Google Slides, it's very easy to say, you know what, this, this particular thing should be up here, you know, earlier in the talk, and I can move things around. And uh, it helps me to keep my mind organized. So if you get to the point where you've done enough slides, that you don't really need an outline first. You can uh, just jump into slides the way I do. Each lesson is a slide set, as Toby said, and you can create organized bullet points and you'll be speaking to each bullet point, but you don't need more than a bullet point uh, on the slide to just keep you on track. Uh, you're gonna create an intro and a closing slide for each section and each lesson. Uh, within the slide set, you'll have five to 10 main idea slides that covers that uh, topic, that lesson topic. And then uh, you'll include your resources. You, you might say, now I want you to go look at my Livecast Life workbook and look at page six and seven and, uh, and then do the action steps. So that way you are incorporating those resources that you've uh, added to your course and giving people the action steps, the homework. Now you need to go put it into action so that they'll get that learning by doing. So I was trying to think while uh, Shelley was talking there when I made my first slide set, and I think it was in the late 1970s uh, when I was working for the NSA. So I've had the benefit of a lot of experience 
with slides, starting with PowerPoint and, and then recently just moving over to uh, Google Slides. But Shelley's right. I think I think the tradition was always to write an outline. But for me, it's much easier just to start building the slide set uh, because they're bulleted points. They they are effectively outline points, and so I've grown accustomed to that. And I know I've noticed Shelley does a lot more of that now as she's building her slide sets for our shows. She just starts laying them out and uh, bullet pointing. And then if she feels like she needs a new slide between one and, or, you know, slide three and, and four, she just add ones, adds one and it makes it much easier. So you're actually building your outline while you're building your slide sets. That's right. Next is prepare your resources. This could be, um, Something that you've already offered is a free download. If people, you know, are coming to you asking you for something and you thought, well, I'll just make a free download and get them on my email list, include that as a resource. Um, you might have infographics, ebooks, worksheets are awesome because it's something that's interactive because they have to fill it out. Activities are the same way, they have to participate. Uh, it, it's not a passive just listening to you, it's an actually a uh, proactive thing that they have to do. Activities are great for that. So you may want to think up some activities to get the learner involved physically with the material. Um, give them additional reading or videos to go watch. If, for instance, um, in the Livecast Live course that I'm putting together, I talk about if you would like to live stream using OBS, we've already done a course on that specific to OBS. So I send you to those videos if that is something you're interested in. So having those additional resources that they can go look at, if that's something they want to do, that's very helpful. Um, for instance, one time we were working with a client, she had a lot of trouble figuring out Google Slides and how to make her own Google Slides. So I sent her to a tutorial video that we found on YouTube that was very comprehensive. And, um, you know, I said, make sure you go through that, that video several times until you begin to understand how to make your own slides. And you have to go look at the video and then do the work <clears throat> it goes together you can't just passively watch and expect to learn you have to uh, implement the learning and then lastly you can offer quizzes to test their learning did they watch everything did they understand everything did they retain the information put up a quiz have them answer the quiz and then you can look at that as you know um, something that's interactive something that you get to see that they have done so you know where they're at and if they need any additional help because they're not getting through the quizzes for some reason. So if you're concerned about creating eBooks, there are several products on the market that enable you to write an eBook, but ju by just typing it into uh, a um, text app, your, your, you know, Google, what's the Google version, right? Google Doc. Google Doc, type it into Google Talk and then pour it into the application and it formats the ebook for you with colors and fonts and things like that. I'm going to put something in the chat right now, and it's the ebook designer that we use. It's called Designer the, with two R's, and it's at designer.io. And I remember when we purchased it, it was not inexpensive. It was like a $29 product, but it's very useful uh, because it provides you uh, a lot of templates that you could use uh, to write your ebook just by pouring it into the ebook and then um, 
and then just uh, making that available to your uh, perspective. Uh, but it isn't necessary to go that route either. If you just want to make a simple worksheet, uh, you know, uh, write something out and then have them fill in the blank with the rest of the sentence. A lot of people will do that uh, when they're presenting information that they want to make sure that people were listening. They, they start the sentence and then they have the person finish the sentence. And it's basically something you would say during the video that they would need to make sure to hear and retain. So that's another way to go. Next is your videos. Uh, what I recommend to get them done quickly is to use slides like this to guide yourself. Uh, just speak to the slide and uh, you can be on screen like we are as a small little person down in the corner and use the slides to guide the lesson and point out everything. <clears throat> Alternatively, if you are trying to do some sort of a demonstration of something, you can use a screencast or a pre-recorded demonstration video. When Toby and I were doing our Amazon Lives, for instance, he would record a, uh, a shot of a video of all the equipment that we were using and how it was set up. And uh, that way the person, if they wanted to do small set photography, they knew what the setup looked like and where everything was located. And that helped them. So that was a pre-recorded demonstration that, that we could add into uh, the, the video itself. Or if you have, uh, if you need to do a screencast, for instance, if I wanted to show you how to make Google Slides, that would be a screencast. It would show you step-by-step, -step, you know, how, where to go into the internet and what to type in and, and then what, you know, uh, how to uh, manipulate your, everything on the screen. So those screencasts and pre-recorded demonstrations are very valuable if you have uh, that type of a course that you're teaching. I suggest that once all your slides and, and your, uh, your pre-recorded demonstrations and screencasts are done. Then you rehearse everything once. We use StreamYard. We highly recommend it as a recording medium for uh, doing things like this. And rehearse it once and then record it uh, for minimal editing. So if you've rehearsed it once and it went well, then you record it. You should not have to edit that video. Once it's done, upload it to your YouTube channel or a new YouTube channel that you create just for housing these videos, that works too. And then keep them unlisted so that people aren't coming across them on the internet and that you'll be able to use them in your uh, course online. So the we use a uh, screencast uh, product called Screencast-O-Matic. I put the uh, uh, URL in the uh, chat room. Uh, there is a free version, and then there is a paid version, and the paid version is $24 a year. Um, so $2 a month. It's worth every penny of it. It's a very capable screencasting tool and is constantly growing. They're constantly making additions to it. So if your style is rather than being on camera, you choose just to do a screencast, uh, you can do that as well. It'll pick up your audio. It'll pick up your video if you wanted to, and it'll put a put your video down in the uh, corner for you. But it's a very capable tool. I've had it for as long as I can remember since they first uh, came out. And uh, they make they make it easy and they make it uh, inexpensive, which uh, I, and I prefer both of those. That's right. 
Let's talk about the platform requirements for your course. You're going to need to put it somewhere where people can access it. You want it to be something that's easy for you to organize and to work with. So it needs to be user-friendly for you. It needs to be able to accept video, audio, text, and images as part of your course presentation. Uh, it should have some sort of learning management tools so that you can have interaction between you and your students if that needs to take place. There should be some kind of a payment integration so that they can come there. They can come to the landing or sales page. They can see what the course is about and then they can pay for it and get started right away so that you don't have to be involved in any of that. It should be all automated. Your platform should be able to do all of that for you. If you find that you're doing too much um, jerry-rigging or uh, cobbling together of apps to make that happen, that may not be the right platform for you. So I'm not even going to address this because Shelly has done uh, all the work over the past couple of months to settle on a platform that she's comfortable with and she's going to use. And what did we, what did we finally say? We're settle? using something called Bonza, B-O-N-Z-A, and it will accept all of this, and it does have the learning management tools. It has a landing sales page funnel uh, uh, and a payment integration. It has all of this included in it, so that's why I've chosen it. Um, yeah, and the, and the less you have to cobble together, the more integrated it is, the easier it should be for you to run your business from that platform. Uh, I've I've watched her go through the process of uh, trying out all these different platforms to land on the one that she likes and uh, will use. Uh, we did buy that from AppSumo. I don't remember how much it cost. Uh, I think we, it was one one seventy nine because we bought it on sale. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but when you find the platform that you're happy with, see if it's on AppSumo, and that way you pay a one time price, lifetime price rather than a subscription, which a lot of these applications have. Yeah. Uh, you know, a monthly subscription. So you That's might right. as well get it from AppSumo to get the um, lifetime. And save uh, you money in the long yeah, run. Yeah, well. Uh, as long as it works for you. Offer your students motivation through quick wins. What does that mean? It means one of the di most difficult things with online courses is people – buy it, they don't use it, then they're dissatisfied, they might want their money back. Uh, they they came in with high expectations of uh, uh, this wonderful transformation they were going to make. And then they get in there and they are overwhelmed with the information. They don't have the support that they need to get through it and they quit. Uh, this happens a lot with online courses and one of the ways to mitigate that is to offer quick wins. What does that mean? Well, in the beginnings of the course, you are keeping things short, fun, interactive. You're giving them simple action steps that will build skills that they're actually wanting to build and to use. And that's why they bought the course. Uh, Giving them those quick wins is saying something like fill out the worksheet and, you know, and then, and then you're done. And then you, they fill out the worksheet and there's maybe three questions, something super simple that keeps them engaged, keeps them uh, 
interacting with the materials so that they continue to want to move forward and they feel like they're learning and they feel like they're putting that learning into action. So giving them those simple action steps that build skills is very important. Giving them those resources to fill in the gaps to say, you know, if you need further help, here is a tutorial video that you can go watch. But for those people who are already understanding what you've just taught, they don't need to go watch the tutorial. It's just available if they need it. So things like those resources that just fill in those gaps are very helpful for keeping people from getting stuck or overwhelmed. And then quiz them for understanding and to see if they are implementing the things. Ask them, what is the, you know, for us, for instance, if I would say, what is the name of your live cast show that you're going to be producing? They should have an answer for that. They should say, I'm going to call it Fun with Dogs. Okay, great. You know, they had an answer. That's all I care about, that they thought about it and they answered it. It doesn't, and there's no right or wrong. And it just giving that answer is a big win for them because it meant they thought about it. They came up with an answer that they felt good about and they shared it with somebody. And it's super important to have that win uh, to build their confidence. And then always offer them that additional support. If you're still stuck, you know, email me at this um, email address or, you know, leave me a text message at this phone number or, you know, in some way, give them lots of contact options so that they can always reach out and ask you questions to help them stay on track with finishing that course. One of the benefits of having done our first course, of having produced our first course on Udemy was Udemy, as you're building the course, I'm not going to say forces you, but suggests to you the ideas that you should have the quick wins, that you should have accessible resources, that you should provide a way for them to ask questions. So Udemy is a very good platform if you're not going into master classes and uh, membership groups and things like that. Um, so it's one of the platforms you got to consider. And there are several online ones. Udemy was the one we chose because it worked for us and it was relatively. It was a very good way for us to learn yeah. how to how to create courses. Right. But it it could be just a little bit um, challenging to work with their interface. So uh, this is why I, we're doing it this way. We're teaching you without any kind of an interface, how to do it on your own, and then just put it up there and then start selling it. it. Well, the other advantage is if you do it yourself in your own app, then there's no, Udemy doesn't collect a fee. That's that's, that's right. the other big difference. And nobody puts it on sale but you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. Udemy will just put it on sale like arbitrarily. Mm -hmm. uh, but it works for them. They seem to have all the... Um, uh, information, the data, the analytical data they need to decide whether or not you should be uh, discounting your course at any point in time. The next step for your course is once it's up uh, and available to people and, and they're getting into that course, you can offer them a membership with that course. Okay, now that you've done the Livecast Live course, why don't you join the membership for additional support you're going to be in there with other people who are going through the course and I will be in there to answer your questions. And every time you guys have a challenge, we'll make a video about it or we'll have a uh, Zoom coaching call where we'll all get together and, and answer your questions. And it's a good opportunity in our case for content creators to come together to collaborate 
and to uh, to watch each other's shows and to give each other feedback. So it's a wonderful add-on to a course is to have a membership like that. You can provide coaching through the chat and through events. You can create a library of resources and other courses, uh, mini courses, for instance, if people needed additional help on one particular part of your course, uh, you can make a mini course just diving more deeply into that problem area. And this membership is, is excellent to provide for your uh, learners so that they can come together with each other and give each other advice and ask each other questions and support one another. And what we had decided to use for our membership group uh, in this way is called Heartbeat. And it's another thing we got from AppSumo. And it's an alternative to using a Facebook group. Many, many people are very dissatisfied with Facebook groups and you don't own the platform if it's a Facebook group. Uh, it's much safer to have something that you own. And with Heartbeat, you can do that. And it's a community uh, app where people can come together and do all of these things. So that's the end of our uh, presentation. But I did want to let you know we have published a book on Amazon called Livecast Life, the Content Creator Lifestyle. And part of that lifestyle is creating and selling digital products you create for your audience, including courses. And if you'd like to learn more about live, the Livecast Life, you can go to book.livecast.life and get that book for yourself. I do want to point out, uh, out that there is a crawl across the bottom, a scrolling crawl across the bottom of our presentation, and it has all the information uh, that you need to get in touch with us or to go find our book or to go find our Amazon store, whatever, whatever you need. It's all down there. All right. And we also, um, this morning, let me tell you a story. This morning on my walk, I was listening to podcasts, as I do. This one was Amy Porterfield, and she was talking about 2020 vision, right? What she wished she would have started earlier as she began her career as an online entrepreneur. Now, Amy Porterfield, for those of you who are interested in creating courses, she, that's her bailiwick. That's her thing. She teaches people how to create courses, how to sell courses, how to build from there. And uh, it's an expensive, but very comprehensive thing that she teaches. So if you're, if you're interested in getting into that, Amy Porterfield is uh, well known for that. But anyway, she was talking about the things that she wished she would have done for her own business sooner rather than later, that would have really moved the needle for her in her business and helped her to grow faster. And the number one thing she said she wished she would have started was consistent content creation and distribution. And that is what we teach, right? Is that is also our number one thing. Um, and in order to help you with that, we have created two infographics. One is called the content consistency framework and the other one is the content consistency schedule. And you can get both of those at framework.agkmedia.studio. These are infographics. They're one page each. You can print them out, put them up on the wall and study them, and then use them as you create content each week to help you to be more consistent and on target with your target audience. Lastly, we want to help you uh, every week with more tips and tools and 
offering you information and news in the content marketing arena. And you can find out more when you subscribe to our newsletter at news.agkmedia.studio. We offer weekly personalized updates, helpful information, links, behind the scenes, photos, free offers for training and books, and digital marketing news and insights. That's all we have for today's show, the Livecast Lifestyle, Five Simple Steps to Create an Online Course. We hope that this was helpful for you. If you have any questions or if you have suggestions for other content you would like to see, please do reach out to us and write to us at support at agkmedia.studio. We'd love to hear from you and we would love to provide that content that you are most interested in. Voila. Oh, do you have anything else? No, I just I'm just happy listening to you. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. We're very happy that you joined us and we look forward to seeing you again. Uh next week Toby's going to be traveling. So I may be doing an interview or I may be doing a show by myself. We haven't decided yet, but we'll make something happen. Something will happen. Yeah. 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 I'll be in uh South Carolina, visiting one of my daughters and several of my grandchildren. So if nothing else, I will have photos for you when I get back. Very good. All right. Thanks for joining us today, guys. We really appreciate it. Thank you for joining Messages and Methods Livecast Live 2.0, hosted by Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please subscribe and leave a comment or question, and we'll consider your ideas for future shows. Share this podcast with your family and friends so they can learn about current digital marketing practices, too. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please come back again next week.